And in this episode, we are going to do a speed round. We're going to highlight our favorite bits and play a sound bite from each episode of season three. We're gonna set a little timer, two minutes per episode. You'll hear more about that in one second. All right, welcome to Making It in Asheville, a podcast where you get to hear stories behind some of your favorite artists and businesses in town. Each episode, we interview a different local Ashevillian to find out what they're making and how they're making it here in Asheville. We work to uncover actionable insights that you can then apply to your own life and your own business uh, from each conversation. Perfect. And we are your hosts. That was Sarah and I am Tony. We're a husband and wife team that moved to Asheville in May of 2019, just about a year ago. Um, Since moving here and a little before, honestly, we were obsessed with a single question. That question is, how does one make it in Asheville? And so we thought we would interview people who are, by our definition, making it in Asheville. And today we are concluding including season three of this podcast. We are, uh, this is episode 48. So there have been 47 episodes before this and 30 something interviews with actual Asheville business owners and entrepreneurs and artists. Um, And we have loved every step of the way. In today's episode, we're going to highlight all of the episodes from season three. We're going to give you a quick synopsis. So this is what we've called before a a sampler plate. plate. You don't have to commit to the appetizer of your choice, but this is a little sampler plate. Give you a little taste of everything Um, before we get into the episode. Sarah has something to tell you. (laughs) Yes, uh, this episode and really all of our episodes are brought to you by our very own marketing agency. It's what helps keep this podcast alive and running at the moment. Um, Our marketing agency, we work here with various Asheville businesses to help them identify what are the key levers that they have marketing-wise and sales-wise that they can pull on to really drive sales the most. Um, And so that ranges from all sorts of things, from consulting to storytelling, um, and then trickling all that down into email marketing, social media, all sorts of things. Um, You can learn more about Making It Creative at makingitcreative.com. And I will just say that if you or someone you know would be a really good fit for this podcast as an advertiser or sponsor, we're open to having those conversations. Um, we love keeping this like very authentic and real, and we love that our marketing agency is able to support the podcast. But if it uh, if there is a fit that is not us, we're open to that as well. So uh, please reach out. Best place to do that is makingitinashville.com. Bunch of ways to contact us on our website right there. Perfect. So, Sarah, yes. episode 49. Oh, this is episode 49. I said 47. 48 before <laughs> episode 49 what a um what a fun thing so we have a couple parameters that we're going to use to help uh keep this episode moving because we have had uh, all, technically 13 episodes 12 mm-hmm. interviews 11 interviews 13 episodes uh and there's a lot that we could talk about so we're setting a two-minute timer per episode any other constraints that we want to put on this 
No, we're just going to give a little bit of commentary about each episode of the season, share with you uh, what we think is the most meaningful or one of the more meaningful sound bites from each episode, um, just so that you can get a little sense of who all we interview this season. Maybe you want to go back and listen to episodes that you haven't heard yet, or maybe you're new here and you just want to get a, a taste of what making it in Nashville is all about. Um, this is just a great little quick episode to give you a sampler. Perfect. And I will say... Uh, because most people do listen to us on podcasts, obviously mm-hmm. this is a podcast, um, but we have spent this season tinkering in YouTube. And so if you wanted to watch this on YouTube, you can. And we're doing something that is the first time we've ever done. I think it's going to be really interesting. We're going to use uh, our computer to kind of harness the audio from the episode. So this is... Uh, this is a lot of first for us in the, in the technique that we're using for this episode. We'd love to hear if you've enjoyed this. Awesome. So uh, we are going to now hop into the, I guess, recap section. So allow our awesome intro music to play from the Commonwealth Choir. Please enjoy. We're about to start the timer. Can you put it on? How do you make it so it counts down? Just, well, we don't want it to. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. So we're going to count up. Okay. All right. So in episode 36, we, uh, we wanted to start the season because it was at the very beginning of the year with a framework that we use for goal setting. Yeah. We wanted to look at New Year's resolutions and... Um, share some ideas on how we think we can set more meaningful goals, hold ourselves accountable to them and more. And so we came up, we came up with a system that we're calling MATA. It's an acronym, um, M-A-T-A. And each of those points stands for a different aspect of goal setting um, that we use in our process. Yeah. And so uh, I, we would love to have played a soundbite, but we did not have this on YouTube and we didn't want to do the heavy lifting. The key here is uh, make goals uh, meaningful, make them actionable, make them timely. And then what is the last A, Sarah? Do you remember? I want to say accountable. I think that we need to be accountable for our goals. If that is not what MATA stands for, well, shoot, it was over three months ago. and I <laughs> <laughs> No, it's meaningful, actionable, time-constrained, and accountable were yep. the four different points. Um, so we go over that process in this episode. We talk a little bit about each of those points, and we share with you our Mata system for setting new goals. And we really think that this can be applied any time of year. So it doesn't have to be, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, January 1st, but really anytime if you just want to take a look at your life, reassess things, this is a great framework. Yeah. And one of the keys that I think has stood out and the feedback that we've gotten is not necessarily that as an acronym, but it's how we then implement the acronym. And so we use some concepts around uh, having themes, like a single word theme for the quarter or for the year uh, and setting goals and then you know prioritizing something, but also putting something else, like the next theme uh, in the, kind of the side burner. And so it's an action-packed episode. It's just the two of us, but we think it's really meaningful and we've gotten some great feedback. We'd love for you to listen to episode 36. Two minutes, bang. That's how we do it. So stop, we'll reset. And now uh, episode 37, we'll start with an audio clip. The times that I've been happiest in life have been when I felt like I had a a vision or a a purpose, something to chase, and uh, I went for it. 
and when you're going for it, it there's nothing. There's not really a, a, a better feeling. Um, and then Taco Billy was definitely been one of those times where I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And you just, you go do it. And there's nothing that stops you. And it feels wonderful. To, you know, it's hard, but it feels overall, it's incredible. And I, you know, when I'm interviewing potential employees, I always ask them, what do you want to do with your life? Like, what do you, what do you really want to do? I know you don't, you don't want to work at a taco shop. That was my thing, but what do you want to do? And, um, I want to encourage people to go chase their dreams just because that's where I've felt most fulfilled and happy. And then I want other people to feel that too. And that was Hunter Berry, the owner of Taco Billy, one of our absolute favorite taco shops in town, one of our favorite places to go. It was our first place that we went to when we moved to Asheville for food. Yeah. And it's, I think, a favorite of many local Asheville Mm -hmm. people. Um, Man, I love how Hunter is just, I don't want to say, I don't want to say simple, but like his advice is so simple. It's so just like follow your heart, follow Mm -hmm. your gut. You know, he's not, he he doesn't approach things in a super like analytical way, I think. And I think that's really important for a lot of us to to keep in mind when uh, you're thinking about starting a new thing. Sometimes you just got to follow your gut. Yeah. And in his own words, he's a feeler. This was a great episode, people absolutely have loved it they've talked about how um like his emotion like the amount of emotion in that episode was a was a i'd say a new high for us at the time uh there were some tears there were some laughters for sure there were some tears and um i think that you're right sarah it it is a case study in um do the thing that you're being called to do and uh things tend to work out well if you work hard and uh, hunter has been a uh, hard worker for sure. Um, and we sat down with him on that episode. You might've been able to hear it. We sat down with him in the newly opened second room of Taco Billy. Yeah. So we talked a lot about the history of how and when and why he started Taco Billy. Um, he's not always been a taco shop owner. He did a lot of things before this, a lot of really, really interesting things before this. Um, but he wanted to, you know, spread, well, he says, spread the good news of breakfast tacos when he moved to Asheville. And I just, I, I love it, especially because, um, you know, food is so important to us. And I think, our, my personal dream is like opening a restaurant. So getting to talk with Hunter was really, really cool. And the last note is that uh, along with food, he built community and that is illustrated wonderfully because we recorded live at Taco Billy. We got to see him interact with customers who are friends and the community feeling was so real. Please enjoy episode 037 of making it in Asheville. The uh, concept to think is that all of these episodes you can access directly. It's easy to find at makingitinashville.com forward slash the episode number. And that does include zero. So forward slash zero three seven for this episode. Yeah. All right. Let's play the next soundbite. Something my mom would say is that she lives simply so that others may simply live. I've always really liked that. So that by changing my definition of what is enough, hopefully that means that I'm freeing up some resource for someone else to have it. Or even what we were saying of by me working this job and making money um, to try to gain something from the value I give other people, 
if I can then turn around and give that to someone who doesn't have as much, then we all can uplift each other in that way. And that was episode number 38 with Garnet Fisher, who is a local artist in town. She also has a um, wet, like graphic design, web design uh, practice, which is a really interesting uh, melding of the right and left brain. Yeah, um, we talked a lot with Garnett on, you know, creating art from a place of enough. And the reason why this came up was because one of the things she told us before we interviewed her was, you know, hey, I'm not a full-time artist. Um, I do this part-time. On the other side, I work part-time for um, a marketing company and do web design. And we thought, oh, how interesting is that? Even cooler. Yeah. And so she told us a little bit about why that's important for us, for her, um, and why she feels that, you know, creating art can't be from um, coming from a place of desperation or needing to make money from it. Yeah, and I, I, I mirror that. I, I think that that's also uh, often true in entrepreneurship. I mean, there's something to be said about like hustle and urgency and uh, working hard. But if you're working from a place of like fear, mm-hmm. it's, it's a hard place to dig out of. And so we talked, this is a very like philosophical and thoughtful yeah. conversation. I am floored by uh, Garnet's like poise and presence and um, the feedback on the conversation that we had with her kind of mirrors that. So everyone seems to be uh, in agreement that this episode speaks to that kind of uh, Asheville, have multiple jobs, pursue a career and pursue a passion um, and mindfulness. Yeah, I think uh, the very simply Garnett lives in a very mindful way, not only mindful of herself, but mindful of those around her. And so we talk a lot about that in this episode if you just need like a little bit of like meditation, mm. I would say this is a really great episode just to kind of um, think more abstractly. Wonderful. Time's up. We have so much more to say. She's wonderful. So that's episode 38. Up next is episode 39 with Miles Alexander. Oh, good fast and cheap. So you can have it. Uh, you can have two of the three. You can't have all three. So you can have it good and fast, but it won't be cheap. You can have it cheap and fast, but it won't be good. And you can have cheap and good, but it won't be fast. And it, I mean, that's that's accurate from really any human endeavor, because uh, it's just it's it's a process. You can't. I mean, very very few people can sit down and do something of high quality very fast. And even then, if they can, the years that took them of that experience to get there is worth something. But yeah, that triangle is probably the one that people are learning the most about, but uh, probably still have the hardest time uh, living by with the good, fast, and cheap. And that was Miles Alexander. This is episode 39 of the Making It a Nashville podcast. Miles Alexander is the owner uh, of Form and Function Architecture, of uh, Vignette Architecture, I want to say, and then also uh, uh, co-owner of Mac Construction. And uh, we sat down and talked primarily about... uh, form and function architecture and the 10 year journey that he's taken as an entrepreneur in, in Asheville. And it was a roller coaster ride. Yeah. I think the thing that sticks out to me is that, uh, miles is super down to earth. You know, I think a lot of people think architect, Oh wow. Like super fancy and whatever, but he's, he's not, he's, he is, uh, we said it yesterday, but 
he has a lighthearted profoundness about him. You know, he's funny. He can make jokes, but he also, like you just heard, talking about good, fast, and cheap, like has some really profound advice uh, for businesses. Um, so, yeah, and uh, Miles. I mean, one of the heart uh, wrenching, tear jerking, but also managed to tell it in a, in a lighthearted way. Stories is um, of moving through the the last recession and falling behind on mortgage payments and um, how, as an entrepreneur, you need to be prepared to have some really hard conversations with your uh, partner, either professional or, or life, and how um, how that's kind of, in some ways, par for the course. And so he, uh, he and his wife were able to dig their heels in and make it through the last uh, recession. And so uh, this past week, we had him back to talk about uh, what all is happening mm-hmm. this time around. It's, um, it's a really special episode. He is a... a really, I'd say, special character in that profound lightheartedness that shows up as a, a goofball sometimes. But you know in the work that he does, he's um, a pro's pro. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Episode 39, Miles Alexander. That is two minutes exactly. And we are resetting and moving now to episode 40 with Lisa and Dean Petit of Atlas Branding. Let's check it out. I'm kind of the the yes man in our relationship. Dean's kind of the no the no man in the relationship. Um, we were very well balanced in our uh, the ways that we approach things. I'm a risk taker. He's not so much. I, I to this day, I'm actually still really shocked that he was willing to take our nest egg and go all in in this business. Like sometimes I think to myself, like we were kind of crazy, and you you almost have to. If you're going to do something and you're going to go all in, you almost have to not know what's ahead of you. Because if you know, like, I'm in my late 30s now, and if I had started the business now, I don't know that I'd actually start it because I know now the work that goes into it. And that was episode 40 with Lisa and Dean Petit of Atlas Branding. Yeah, um, to us, this was... I felt like Lisa and, and Dean uh, were speaking directly to us because um, they are a married couple who started a business in Asheville, didn't have maybe a lot, you know, really going on. They said they took their savings and put it into this business. And Tony and I really felt like we look up to them for all of that advice because we are also a couple who started a business in Asheville. Um, this is a great episode because they talk a lot about uh, – building a sustainable business, building a resilient business, one Mm. that can survive over the years, particularly a design business, which, as Lisa says, Mm -hmm. um, can be a little bit of a precarious industry to uh, have a a full-time business in. Yeah, and I mean, it's transferable, no doubt, to any service business and and any business for that matter. But there were a couple like really important, I'd say, business lessons that came out of this episode. Lisa did an incredible job of like telling story of her past uh, professional career and the lessons she learned riding through the the last recession with that business and that business owner. Yeah. And then uh, another huge moment for us was in, in listening to Dean talk about this uh, alternative route towards passion. Do you want to put a couple seconds on that? Yeah, um, Dean, Lisa and Dean are very, very different, just like Tony and I are very, very different and um, I'm sure you might know that with your own business partner as well. But um, one of the things Dean said was like, this was not his passion. Uh, this was this was Lisa's passion. She was a designer and he did not come from a background of 
branding or design. But what over, when it ended up happening over time is that he ended up growing a passion for it. Um, and he was able to keep his passion for music on the side. And this allowed him to do that. And so his advice to people was, you know, don't always follow your passion. Sometimes following your passion isn't the best thing you can do, which is hard to hear, but yeah. uh, I think very valuable advice. Yeah, it's it's a matter of showing up and being committed to a craft and uh, they are very, very good at what they do. So check yeah. out that episode, episode 040, uh, makingitnashville.com forward slash 040 for Lisa and Dean Petit of Atlas Branding. So now we will move to episode 41 with Kay Bentley of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. I knew that eventually I was going to retire from the Postal Service because I'd been working there for a long time, but I just thought I would volunteer, you know, with some organizations and possibly travel. And then, um, you know, when I thought somebody would use this name and they would want it at some point, you know, I kept thinking, I wonder how someone could do a tour like that. And I was like, well, let's see. They could do this and that. And then I knew I somebody needed to have a driving tour because, you know, there are so many rooftop bars that, you know, walking between them would not be the best solution. So, um, so anyway, I was figuring all of this out and I kept taking notes and I was doing audio voice memos on my phone saying somebody could do this and this. And then I realized after about two or three months that that someone was me. And so the idea just wouldn't leave me alone. All right, that was episode 41 with Kay Bentley, the founder of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Um, man, I love that quote because I think it really highlights, you know, how Kay started a second career very later on in life mm-hmm. um, and just followed her gut and her passion and listened to what her brain was telling her of like, oh, this person is me. It's me. I need to be doing this thing. Yeah, it's the combo of the heart and the brain. I think that makes it... Uh, K particularly special. She, um, you'll hear in this sto- in the in the episode that we have with her is just like her willingness to do new things and learn new things and show up and uh, you know say yes. Let's say to the curiosity and to like her heart's pull and her brain's pull is outstanding. And she um, and rightfully so. She's winning like a lot of local awards for entrepreneurship and for um, the business that she's building. And so. You know, we're, I don't know how many, it was two months ago now, but the world is very different and people aren't necessarily traveling as much. Um, but if you just, if you follow along on the uh, Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours website, like she is still creating, trying new things, learning new things. And I'm amazed by Kay Bentley. What a angel. Yeah. Uh, she, again, you know, she was a former postal service worker um, she started this new business idea after I think um, just like a re- like a 20, full 30 years th- of working in the postal service. Yeah, she retired like a full time whatever re- retiring. Yeah. It's just her story is fantastic. I think it's proof that no matter how old you are or how young you are, yeah. you can start something new. Absolutely, and um, also the tour is fantastic. Sarah and I have, bo- yeah, uh, have done we it. Love Rather Tour. <laughs> it's <laughs> like. It's like history and beautiful views mm-hmm. and not what we were expecting. We kind of thought it was going to be like a pub crawl, but it's it's decidedly not really educational. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. So thank you, Kay. Episode 041, Kay Bentley of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. We're going to move now to episode 42 
with Gareth Higgins of the Movies and Meaning Festival, also now um, from the Porch Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, those two are the, the main d- projects, main that, projects he that he's on. working on. Uh, this is a particularly loud or long soundbite, so uh, we will find a little section of it and keep it uh, for this episode. But um, let's, let's let it play and then we'll talk about it. We don't get the chance to truly drink deeply at the well of a movie. Even if we go to see it in the first place, you got to, you know, go through. It's a busier experience. It's a noisier experience. The lights tend to come on before the credits are over. You don't get to breathe it in. And then there's no sort of interpretive mechanism to help us really make sense of what we just saw. Uh, Ask our questions. Feel connected to other people who felt the same way. So we've done this festival this is the fifth time we've done it, second time in Asheville. And uh, we do two or three things at it. One, we show beautiful films in a beautiful environment. Diana Wortham Theatre and the Fine Arts Theatre, both downtown. Um, and we give those films the opportunity to breathe. So we keep the lights off until the end credits have finished. And we invite people to stay quiet until they're over. Um, the second thing we do is we pair the films with conversations and activities that will deepen the meaning of the film. So we do stuff that's more than just a typical question and answer session. It's more about what's going on in you and how would you like to change uh, uh, as a result of seeing uh, this film. We have a lot of fun with it as well. Uh, And the third thing is we invite people to connect with each other. You know, whether you've come as a group or you want to meet other people who are there, there's mealtimes and opportunities for people to hang out and get to know other people who feel the same way about some things and maybe some new friendships can begin. And the day before the festival, we have a... Uh, a workshop called Rewriting Your Life, which is a deeper dive on many of the things we've talked about this afternoon to think about what's the story you're telling? Is it true and is it helpful? If it's not, how can we help find a truer version and a more helpful version? One of the things we're really committed to is um, if, if you're, if you're uh, one, of the, one of the privileged people like me who has the money to attend an event like this, we invite you to pay to register to come to the event we even invite you to pay more than the registration fee if you can and if you are in financial need and can't afford the registration fee you can come as well with no questions asked and no embarrassment all you need to do is email us and um, tell us what you can afford because I think we're past the point of thinking that a beautiful experience of community should have a price tag on it that only those who can afford it can get in all right, that was episode 42 with Gareth Higgins. You know, man, I love his accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love his heart. I love that his <laughs> energy. I love what he has to say. And I love, like, the truth that it champions. Gareth, um, that episode was a very special episode. I think it it kind of uh, w- was our first real departure from a proper and exclusively perf- or business narrative of, like, yeah. what's happening in your professional life and what's happening next. Um, and it and it skewed more uh, personal, emotional, philosophical, uh, even spiritual, and a very inclusive spiritual. Um, but the thing that stood out for me was captured in this soundbite, and it's uh, Gareth's entire ethos of like pricing projects. And uh, he doesn't say that it's his; he, he credits other people. But the idea of um, here is a price. Uh, you are welcome to pay less if you must, and then you are welcome to pay more. I 
suspect that we will start seeing a lot more pricing in that way moving forward. Um, I, I want to price our stuff like that because there's something just really, really powerful about it. And one of the things that we talk about when we have like some consulting conversations with businesses is that, um, and it gives me excitement, is that it allows for the ceiling to float as opposed to saying here is a fixed price. The ceiling can, can float, someone can pay more, um, and then you get to serve people who want to be served by you. I think it's really special, really powerful. Yeah, definitely agree. And the thing that stood out the most for me, I think, was Gareth's story um, and his antidote for loneliness. Mm. Um, he shares with us three or four different uh, things that he says can really help people when they are feeling really, really lonely, um, as well as other tips for building community, even within your street or your apartment building or whatever it may be. Um, he's just a beautiful soul. Oh my goodness. I hope you, I hope you go back and, and truly listen to this episode. Even if you're not a business owner, it's really helpful. Especially now. Like it is so poignant today. Uh, It was then, but now like it in a, in a, in a world where people are like, (laughs) uh, you know, kind of stuck in their house. I think that the, the lessons that are discussed in this episode are going to be really uh, helpful, really important. So please enjoy episode 042 with Gareth Higgins of what is, you know, primarily today's The Porch Magazine. Um, That was in a little bit of an announcement in support of the Movies and Meaning Festival, which was so good. And we can't (laughs) talk about it because we're already over two minutes, but um, episode 042. So now episode uh, 043, 43, with uh, Kyle Brown of Claw Hammer Supply. Please enjoy. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't. They, they do read and they hear things and they have great ideas and they never do anything. And that's the difference between people who have their own business and people who don't. I got pretty lucky in a lot of senses in that I met the right people at the right time and I was in the right industry with the moonshiner show you mentioned earlier that your dad watches that really helped me out big time so i got lucky but none of that would have happened if i hadn't actually like done you know taken those initial steps and the first uh like year of my my business i was actually making stills before we moved on to the kit um and man i spent i spent um a year work going to work all day and then going to this little garage I was renting in East Asheville and building stills until like one in the morning, two in the morning, and then going home and then going to work the next day. Um, You need to take action if you want things to happen. And that was Kyle Brown of Clawhammer Supply. So uh, Clawhammer is a kind of like a, a, they distribute, they sell uh, brewing kits and distilling kits um, and a bunch of other accessories around brewing and distilling. And um, the story of Clawhammer Supply is like the quintessential uh, scratch your own itch, uh, offer it as a product to someone else, and then uh, continue to take action to grow a business, to improve systems. Um, it's also an incredible case study in the power of content marketing. Yeah, definitely. And we also talk a little bit about if you've ever read the book by Tim Ferriss or heard of the book by Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week. Um, we talk a lot about that with Kyle in this episode and how he is the perfect case study of that because, like Tony said before, he not only acted on the idea, but he, he used 
strategies like testing to see if this product is going to work before he actually went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a great, a great case study like Kay as well, someone who had an idea and was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to do this. And mm-hmm. without, you know, well, maybe they had fear, but they didn't let the fear hold them back from taking action on their own ideas. A lot of really, really valuable tactile business advice, especially in the world in content marketing. Yeah. It, uh, we go uh, deeper on some of the tactics than uh, mm-hmm. most of the conversations that we've uh, had to this point. We talk about email marketing. We talk about um, content strategy. We talk about uh, the idea of running a dry test, uh, specifically unlike some of the uh, physical good type products that you might want to launch. Um, we, we, we said it in the episode. We said it a second ago, but like truly a dream case study because uh, what what Kyle points to in that quote, but in the episode as well, is like he's not he doesn't identify as special, right? Like he he doesn't think that anything he's done is like somehow new or uh, uh, reworking the wheel. Like he just took people's advice and then tested it. And if the test passed, he continued to do it. And if it didn't, he like tried something new. And that is really, really good um advice and, and and the dream that I think we would all live into is just you don't have to trust anybody's uh, guru or experience on how to build a business or grow a business test it do things Kyle is a case study um, in just being action focused and so that was uh, two minutes on Clawhammer supply that is episode 043 our next episode 044 episode 44 was with mm-hmm. philip cooper of upskill wnc so this program is called upskill western north carolina and when it was created um the role that i had it was a part-time role it's 29 hours a week and it was supposed to serve uh low-level non-violent offenders and people with food stamps snap benefits and um, so I had 29 hours a week, and um, I was to get the numbers up at uh, NC Work, as well as get people who are receiving food stamps to get certain trainings and come out of poverty, get livable wage jobs and come out of poverty. Um, in that role, that 29-hour-a-week role, uh, what I ran into was me not being able to just focus on low-level nonviolent offenders. You know, my story is I, I did prison time myself. Prison saved my life. I w- I'm not um, I-, I wasn't a low level nonviolent offender, but like um, prison saved my life. So I'm real passionate about helping those people who are returning from prison uh, and they have that gift of desperation. Like they just want a shot. They want to make it. They don't ever want to go back. So in that role, I'm working in the courthouse. And I'm running into people, people I grew up with, people I know, and they seeing me in this role, and they're like, can you help, 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 help? So it was hard for me to just focus on low-level nonviolent, right? For one, the charges I had, I didn't even qualify for food stamps. There are many people who are returning from incarceration that can't get food assistance because of certain felonies that they have. They are indefinitely disqualified from receiving those benefits. That is a North Carolina thing. There have been some states who made some adjustments, and we did make some adjustments in North Carolina. However, um, the modifications was to permit certain lower-level felonies to be able to get it. So in that role, I'm running into people that are all disqualified from receiving my services, and they're asking me for help. So I had to do something about it. And that's Philip Cooper of Upskill WNC. And Philip is a um, 
absolutely tremendous, unbelievable uh, person with an energy that is 11 of 10 and a heart that is 12 out of 10. He is, um, he is an incredibly special human being and probably, arguably, the most connected person that we've ever met in Asheville. Um, his episode has, I think, I counted almost 30 shout-outs to local business owners who um, are supporting his work, connected to his work in some way or another, and that's, um, that's really tremendous. Yeah. Um, apart from his infectious energy mm-hmm. and his connections, one of the things that sticks out to me in this episode is how he calls people. He commands people to mm. s- just look around and see what resources do you have? Who do you know? What skills do you have? And how can you use those skills to bridge a certain gap in your own community. And that's really what he's trying to do. And then I think that's why he knows so many people is because he is looking everywhere for those connections, whether it's employers that can help hire um, people who are formerly incarcerated or that are getting back into the community or those other people that really desperately need their help, even if they're not qualified to receive it. Um, so a tremendous example, a tremendous person, um, I'm someone who is truly trying to make a difference in our community and use the resources that he has to do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, if you are connected to the community and connect, connected to the resources, he commands you to be the bridge. And I think that that is one of the most powerful statements we've ever heard on the podcast. And the thing that I absolutely love about Philip Cooper is not only that um, he is making it in Asheville and we got to tell that story, but he is supporting people and helping others make it in Asheville. And that is a uh, certainly a special, special thing. And so we are thankful to know Philip Cooper. We're uh, grateful for the time and this uh, relationship that we are growing and the conversations that we've got to have. Uh, episode 044 of Making It in Asheville. Please do uh, listen to that and enjoy it. Episode 45, <laughs> uh, to, to keep things moving. Episode 45 was with uh, Nicole McConville. And we will uh, play a little soundbite from that. It was abundantly clear what I did not want. And sometimes that's where life's crossroads come is you, you have the yes and you have the no. And for me, I knew what I did not want anymore. And I trust my instincts enough to know to follow when there's a yes. And photography felt like a yes to me. And... I pretty much immediately just started a business. I did not know what it was going to be, but because I had this uh, such a valuable training ground in publishing, business did not scare me at all. You know, contracts, bank accounts, finances, that that's fine. I can do this. It was the other, it was the what will this be? But just like so many moments in life, you just have to start. And so I started uh, with boudoir, and very quickly that turned into portraiture. And you know, in the meantime, believe me, I'm, I'm tapping into my savings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I had the, the luxury of I had some money saved, and um, I just wanted to see what felt right. So I was constantly checking in on that internal compass of what is the yes, what is the no, what is the yes, what is the no. And I just wanted to build a portfolio and see what felt right. 
And so that was Nicole McConville from episode 45. And that episode, I mean, it's, she is a, I would say, huge deal here in Asheville for, as a photographer. And I think that the story of her progression, evolution into who she is today is one that um, is aspirational, but also very approachable. I love the way that she told her story. I love the way that it um, empowers us to like act and be uh, bolder and continue to try new things. Love it. Love, love, love this episode. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things that, that stood out to me. One is that, again, this is another example of someone who's kind of has like a second life, mm. um, who she had a long career in publishing, particularly with craft books. So she, she understood visual imagery very, very well, but had never really been a photographer before. Um, when that came to an end, she decided to switch entirely. And as you heard, you know, she had to learn a whole new skill and tap into maybe some savings that she had. So I love that part. The second part that I really love is her intention behind creating content. Um, so she talks a little bit about how she really wants to con make people connect, right? It's not about necessarily the photo itself or the quality of the photo, but for her, it's about capturing a certain image, a certain um, authenticity of the person that she's taking a picture of to allow them to connect with their people. And I think that kind of thinking about content is extremely, extremely helpful, even if you're not taking pictures of people, but, you know, food or writing an article, the mm -hmm. whole point is connecting, engaging yeah. with people in some way. And uh, I asked some hard line questions on what kind of gear, what kind of equipment, what kind of setup. And uh, Nicole uh, had a master class in Aikido with me on... Uh, <laughs> kind of deflecting, deferring, answering, and uh, and promising that there was more to it than just the equipment. And so if you are interested in photography, you're interested in uh, pursuing your art and, and kind of giving time and space to that practice, please check out episode 045 with Nicole McConville. Our next guest, uh, episode 46, was Clint Spiegel. He is the uh, owner and founder of Industry 9. Let's listen to a soundbite. When I was on this cliff face last night riding bikes at midnight with this really cool group of friends that are really tough and able to do these amazing rides, I almost say it every night ride. I said, 51 years old, if I, if I could have imagined my life, you know, my wildest dream, what would I be doing at 51 years old? No way would have I predicted that I would be doing this. And so uh, episode 46 with Clint Spiegel was, I would say, it was the closest thing to a, a MBA-level masterclass on entrepreneurship and innovation than any episode that we've had so far. Um, Clint is like this fully grown-up uh, boy genius, Tony Stark, <laughs> in so much as like anything he can create in his mind, he has the actual machines and technical know-how to create in um, the factories that they have, uh, and the story of the eight businesses that led to Industry Nine and their, you know, many forms of failure or shuttering, um, is a it's a gift. It's it's something that uh, I am so grateful that we got connected to Clint and we're able to hear that story. 
Yeah, and, and in case you don't know what Industry 9 is, they uh, manufacture custom cycling components. So you might have seen the video there. We were in the factory. Um, another thing that stood out to me is uh, his... He, he never stops thinking about innovating. Mm. He he told us, you know, what are, we asked him, what are you thinking about in the future? He's like, we're just always thinking about the next thing. How can we always maintain our edge? How can we, you know, stay sharp, stay fresh? And I love that. He is, he is a serial entrepreneur. He's like the perfect definition of it. Someone who's just keeps trying, keeps mm-hmm. starting new businesses. Oh, let's try this. Let's tinker with that. His energy is amazing as well. He talks a lot about, I mean, you heard in the, in the soundbite, he was up late last night riding bikes uh, in the mountains. I mean, he this guy is—he never stops. He's a—he's a—he's <laughs> a force, that is for sure. And uh, one of the things that I just want to give a shout out and a little uh, hand clap. Industry Nine is part of a, a group of uh, businesses in Asheville that are uh, joining together to uh, develop some products for. Um, you know, hospital and medical workers here in uh, the region to s- kind of support the fight of the coronavirus and uh, COVID-19. And so uh, UI Products, we interviewed Gabriel in season two. Yep. Um, and Clint and a couple other businesses are uh, kind of going above and beyond. A lot of businesses are going above and beyond, but I just want to give a quick hat tip to Clint and uh, the team at I-9. So uh, our next guest, episode 47, was Tyler J. McCall. Let's check out the soundbite. So I think people are just being super cautious right now. But I think the interesting opportunity that does exist for our digital businesses is that when you look at most of the big successful digital businesses that have been around for about a decade, they all came out of the 2008, 2009 recession, a place where people were laid off, they were at home and they were doing something creative. So if anything, this allows people an opportunity to be creative and to think of how they can be of service to their communities and how they can help others through a digital business. And so that's episode 47 with Tyler J. McCall. And that episode was uh, admittedly like a uh, last minute Let's make it happen. So uh, days before that conversation, uh, Asheville really started to, for the first time, I'd say, feel the effects of the the world changing in response to uh, COVID-19 and coronavirus. And so we uh, called up Tyler, who we were one degree of connection from and uh, a lot of Facebook DMs uh, relationship uh, at that stage. Uh, connected to because he is a local digital marketing expert and we could see around the bend that there was going to need to be a transition for most business owners towards digital marketing and towards digital business building and uh, we thought who better to have a conversation with than Tyler yeah and so Tyler um, you know he shared with us uh less about his story because again, we really wanted to focus on things that businesses can do now, but he he shared with us a lot of strategies, a lot of really, really smart strategies for responding to coronavirus right now, how to keep your business engaging um, online. And there's also a lot of, a lot of free resources that he shared with us in this episode as well. Um, I would say this is helpful 
not only now and then in the time of, you know, coronavirus is here, but also even later on, um, because I think a lot of people are learning from this of like, oh, there's a lot of things I can be doing online and ways I can work smarter in that way to connect with their audience. Yeah. And so uh, I would just circle back on what Sarah said. It was, um, it was a high speed, high value, intentionally um, resource rich and strategy and tactic rich. And so uh, we once again would like to thank Tyler for saying yes to being our guest on that episode so quickly, um, pulling together those resources so quickly and being um, a great just asset in the community. Thank you, Tyler. If you have uh, your own business or thinking about your own business and uh, want to have a little bit of a boost, I would uh, absolutely recommend zero four seven as a way to um, just kind of hit the ground running when thinking about digital marketing. And our last episode, other than this episode for season three, was uh, episode was it forty eight? Yes, episode mm-hmm. forty eight. It was just Sarah and I, um, and we'll play a quick sound bite. But just know that this episode uh, came as a result of us asking ourselves. What is the most meaningful bit of information or story or advice we could provide to the community right now? And this is just one section of it. So for example, let's let's use the oh, example, no. I think, of the coronavirus. Oh my goodness. All right. So uh, we're going into uncharted territory here, people. Please bear with <laughs> us and again, attempt to go to the source material to see how this works when executed by a... I'll call her a pro, but at least someone who's been doing this for 20 or so years. Yeah. So let's, I think probably the, probably a strong feeling that a lot of people are feeling is my business is going to shut down or go down and I'm going to feel. I mean, just say that my business is going to shut down. Yeah. And then the response is, is, or the first question, is that true? Um, uh yes it's true economists are saying that 80 percent of restaurants will close um it's true and then she'd say can you absolutely know that it's true well i haven't shut it down yet so uh no it's not necessarily a hundred percent certain that it's true there's a lot of attitude over here (laughs) because i I feel so strongly about how i feel okay how do you react? What happens when yeah. you believe that thought? When I believe that the restaurant is going to fail, I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like I've hurt the people that I love. I feel like I am inadequate. I feel like um, uh, small. I feel shame. Who would you be without that thought? I would feel, I would be a, uh, a fearless business owner who has tried uh, their best, who has created a community in a beautiful community. I have employed people. Um, I'm an employer. I um, have created a, a way to uh, provide donations to charities locally um, when I don't think the thought that I'm a failure or small. I show up bigger. I have more generosity and gratitude, and uh, I am a net benefit to the people around me. Right. Okay. So what if we turned it around? Hard to explain this without mm-hmm. uh, 
actually seeing some of the process, but like turn it around. This is me in parentheses. Turn it around is like turn the thought around. Mm-hmm. Um, t- and there's a couple ways that she explains how you might turn the thought around. And so a way of turning the thought around is, um, so if the thought was my business is going to shut down, a turnaround would be my business is going to explode. Yeah, grow. My business is going to grow. And so it's like, I now say my business is going to grow. And then I'd have to explain three ways that my business might grow. Uh, my business is going to grow. I use this opportunity to uh, build community in a new way. I uh, transition to a web uh, purchasing process, which we had never done before. People absolutely love it. I, uh, whatever, three concepts. Mm-hmm. And though just exploring those three com- concepts yeah. might be radical for some people because you have not spent time there yet. Another version of turn it around is I am open to, okay with, and excited about my business shutting down. Yeah. Like what are the good things that could come out of that? Maybe there's um, another idea, another business that you've always wanted to start, and this is perhaps a good opportunity to think about it. All right. Cool. I'm, we're going to pause it there, but I think that you get the concept, at least the concept, the loose. And uh, that was episode 48. That was a section of episode 48. Uh, we were going through the work by Byron Katie at that moment and um, attempting to model what the work might look like. Yeah, and to take to take a step back um, again, we created this episode because we wanted to create you know, what we thought, what we think is the most useful thing that we can share with people in this time. And it ended up not being anything businessy or marketing related because we felt like that's not what a lot of people need to hear right now. They need something a little bit more deeper and a little bit more philosophical. And so that's what we shared. We shared three different philosophical teachings that, um, that have really spoke to us throughout the coronavirus that have helped us stay positive and in return has really helped us focus on our business, take action, which we think is the antidote to, you know, things like fear. Yeah. Um, and the, the three concepts that we highlight in that specific episode um, are wildly important to the two of us they have like defined how we show up during some of the harder moments that we've experienced so far um and that what we just kind of highlighted was the work of byron katie and we recommend it for sure the next uh bit of advice our third concept uh we consider to be like very radical and um we put a little bit of like a trigger warning in front of it because it is such a departure from what um, I'd say normal sounds like or advice or philosophies kind of sound like. Um, But it's our opinion at the very least that just entertaining that as, and, and putting some time meditating or journaling in that space can be a net benefit for anyone who does it because it just um, it shows you the power of your own thoughts and the effects that your thoughts have on your like physical state, on your wellness and your health. Agreed. Episode forty-eight uh, the, of the Making It a Nashville podcast was about three philosophies. We hope that you check that one out and enjoy it. The last thing that I will add: this wasn't a episode of the podcast, but um, this past week we did five live streams those live streams 
uh, happened all on Facebook. During those five live streams, we interviewed um, representatives from over from 15 businesses in town. Uh, we had over 16 guests. I think we might have had 16 guests exactly. Um, and the whole purpose of this uh, live video series, which we called What Now Asheville, was to attempt to provide like real, practical, um, what next type steps through the words and eyes and experiences of uh, other business owners in town. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see how different businesses are responding um, as well as hear from, we, we, we talked to some business owners, but we also talked to some experts in the wellness field, in the financial field, um, about some things that we can be doing now to perhaps leave us in a better place when we come out of, um, you know, lockdown from quarantine, I mean, from the coronavirus. And so if you want to learn more about each of um, those live streams, we have an entire page at makingitinashville.com forward slash what now that has all the guests that we interviewed. We have links to where you can rewatch those episodes on our Facebook page. And we also have a list of resources of things that our guests mentioned during the episode. So even if you don't have time to go back and watch all of them, I would suggest just browsing through there as maybe you'll get some ideas for your own life and your own business. Awesome. All right, we're going to uh, play the outro music, and but don't go yet. No, 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 don't go yet, uh, because there's some good stuff happening just on the other side of uh, the outro music. Enjoy. All right, so that was episode 49 of the Making It in Asheville podcast. We uh, attempted to move as quickly as we could through each of the episodes and the bonus content from uh, season three, and it was intended to be a little poo-poo platter, a little appetizer medley (laughs) of uh, all of the good, uh, I say goodness, that came in season three. Uh, if you want to learn more about things we talked about in this recap episode, just visit makingitinashville.com forward slash zero four nine. We will link out to all the other episodes that we shared in this episode. Uh, the other thing is, is that if you haven't already, we welcome you. We encourage you <clears throat> to subscribe to the podcast. There are a couple different ways that you can do that. Um, visit makingitinashville.com forward slash subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter on that page, which is where we share Uh, recent events where we share the most recent uh, podcast episodes. Our newsletter list is typically where, you know, you're the first to hear about different information. Uh, So we encourage you to sign up for that. We also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player. Uh, There are subscribe buttons on Apple Podcasts. That way you'll know when new episodes come out. Perfect. Uh, Our, I'd say our next phase, season four, is going to be a little bit new and exciting and interesting there's going to be a lot more uh video because we'll be doing um remote interviews uh we're going to do a lot more video just generally um that was one of our goals as one of our themes of the year so uh, Mm -hmm. q2 is going to lean into video if you are not already subscribed to our youtube channel we welcome you to do that as well also found on making it in com forward slash subscribe um or forward slash youtube it's your life Choose whichever link you'd like. Um, the uh, the other notes about what's coming up is a um, 
I would just say we're going to lean into community building events. Our goal was one event per month. Um, that might, you know, speed up here in a in a even more digital world. And so, uh, if you want to hear about any of those upcoming events, projects, products uh, that could be coming down the line, please do subscribe to our Making It a National email newsletter. That is going to be um, always first dibs, first in line, first to hear about new projects and new um, uh, events and new anything new, they'll hear first. So we welcome <laughs> you to join that email list. Yeah. Um, and a note before you leave as well is uh, we are looking for podcast sponsors. So if you're looking to reach an audience of uh, local business owners, entrepreneurs, artists, et cetera, here in town, please reach out. Or if you know someone who you think might be interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to have them on. Um, we take our sponsorships very, very seriously mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that we're offering the most valuable information to our people. Um, right now, the podcast is sponsored by us, by our very own marketing agency, Making It Creative. Uh, we work with different small businesses here in Asheville and across the nation to help them identify their biggest marketing levers that they can pull in order to drive sales, gain more customers, and engage with those customers in a more meaningful way. Um, you can visit makingitcreative.com to learn more. Yeah. Um, awesome. So the last thing that we'll say before we, uh, before we play the final, final outro music is that um, season four, we have a lot of guests lined up and a lot of great conversations headed down the pike. The, uh, the process will change as we move into this new uh, visual and, and kind of, uh, digital interview process. And so that means that we might potentially, not not, not definitely, but potentially uh, increase the rate with which we do some of these interviews um, because we don't need to travel to people. We don't need to set up in their location. Uh, and so if you have not yet reached out to us to let us know that you are interested in being on the podcast, or if you have not yet introduced us to a friend, business owner, business in town, that would be a great guest for this podcast. We, uh, we would like to say once again, we're 49 episodes in. We have asked this, I think 49 times, maybe except for the first time, first two episodes, scratch those 47 times. We've asked, please introduce us. Um, say hello. If you would like to be on the podcast, uh, the place to do that is making it in Asheville.com forward slash podcast. There is a uh, pretty clear form that you fill out and I will reach out to you as quickly as possible. That's it. That's it. Uh, episode 49. Sarah. Season three is complete. Q1 of, C of, of, of 2020 <laughs> is very different at the end of Q1 than at the beginning <laughs> of Q1. Um, we are about to head into our next a uh, 13-week cycle. We're about to do another 13-hour offsite to review our uh, goals and review our visions and check how we are living in alignment with those goals. Um, if you have not read that article or uh, heard us talk about the 13-hour offsite before, Google that. It's uh, going to point you to our content. We think that it is very powerful, very meaningful. If it is not something that you are doing in some way or another in your business, consider it. Um, because what it allows you to do is live in a, in a reality where the start of a quarter is very different than the end of a quarter. Um, and it gives you a framework with which you can uh, evolve, change, grow, 
and kind of ride whatever ebbs and flows, uh, you know, the universe throws your way, but also your, your business experiences. We uh, could not say more about the, some of the concepts in the 13-hour offsite. Please check it out. Yeah, now's a good time to be thinking about those things. And with that, let's high five. Yep. Let's end this episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to... Season four. Season four. Holy moly. See you next Tuesday. High five. Oh, ew. There it is. <laughs>